Hey there, you're listening to College Conversations, a podcast where two college guys talk about anything that comes to their minds. I'm Jake. And I'm Chase. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, this is Editor Jake coming to you from after we recorded this episode. Real quick, before you get to the podcast, I realized in post that there were a few things that we didn't give context for at the beginning. First, this format of the podcast where we just talk about a topic is called Rug Talk. We have plans for some other formats coming soon. Second, just to clarify, Chase and I both grew up in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and we went to Broken Arrow Public Schools. All right, that's enough from me. Enjoy this episode. Today's topic is the history of our friendship. We figured that since a good chunk of our listeners don't necessarily know us super well, it'd be nice to go through an entire history of everything that's led up to this point with our friendship from the very beginning all the way through um, now, which is about seven years, I would say, right? Ish, yeah. Ish. It's going on eight now. It's probably, yeah, it's probably about eight now. The reason I say seven... This is, I think this is the eighth year. The reason I said seven is because it starts in middle school, and that was about seven years ago. Way back when. Way back then, in middle school. See... We actually met in sixth grade, not in band. We'll get to that later because band is a big part of our friendship. But we actually met in a computers class in sixth grade. I would almost call it more of a typing class because, I mean, most of the class, I think it was like 30 minutes a day, 30 minutes out of the 50 would be uh, focused on Mavis Beacon typing. Mavis Beacon, the full name of the program. And it was like, it was... uh, It was torture. It was a fairly archaic program, if I remember correctly. The Mavis itself goes back to like the beginning of typing, I'm pretty sure, like on digital monitors and whatnot. But I think the Mavis, I think it's, it has some more modern versions. But we just didn't have them on the computers well i mean that was kind of a modern version it's just simple that was the modern version it felt archaic to me it felt like that's just the font that it used it just it felt like pixelated and like difficult to use and i think it was like a 2010 version so what it wasn't like the newest of new but it wasn't that's archaic. expensive so okay well that that class was a lot about typing which i will say I say this to a lot of people is that the most valuable class I ever took and ever have taken up until this point was that sixth grade computers class because it Agreed. taught me how to type. You would agree? Oh yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, the if you're going to learn a skill and you don't know how to touch type, that is by far one of the most useful skills to learn in this day and age because almost every nobody writes anymore. Like not a whole lot. The skill of handwriting is lost. The only time I really write anymore is signatures. Although now I'm in college, so I'm writing notes on paper and whatnot. But um, other than that, all of my homework and you know day to day writing has been done on the computer, and I've probably saved myself hours. Uh, at this point, probably days, days worth, at of... least days, maybe even weeks out of your entire life, just typing, like typing instead of handwriting it out. Right. Or it's... hunting and pecking. Yeah. Hunting and pecking. <laughs> I know some people who do that. Um, and it's just like, it's, it's kind of sad, you know? Um, but yeah, it's like so incredibly useful. Uh, the other half of that class, not quite as much. The other half was a program called Tinker. And it was basically um, block code, learning, like teaching you how to code using blocks instead of actual code. I had had some previous experience with block coding. I used the program called Scratch. Um, yeah, it's Scratch. pretty much overrun by furries and a lot of weird animation style things these days. But um, Scratch is like the OG place where you learn to code and you know you can make your own little games and whatnot um and tinker was a similar fashion but they had different blocks 
and it just felt inferior to me. But it well, was it was an interesting. If I remember correctly, you were the one who was helping everyone make their code work. There was me and another kid in there that had had the previous experience. And, you know, most kids in that class did not choose to be in that class. They got shoved in there, as most kids do with any class in middle school. Yeah. Uh, There's not too many options, so you kind of... Right. So most most kids were just kind of trudging along and they didn't give a crap whether they passed the class or not. So I would the kids who actually cared and showed effort were the only ones that I would tend to help. Um, And so I'd, I'd go around and try to explain things to them. But more often than not, I just ended up doing doing the assignment for them. Yeah. Uh, and when I wasn't helping anyone else, I was just kind of building my own projects and making fancy stuff and whatnot. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was a fun class. Do you remember um, the beginning of that class? Do you remember what happened at the beginning of that class? No, I, I remember very little from back then. I mean, I to be honest, I don't even remember meeting you in that class. Like, I don't remember anything other than typing and helping other people. Yeah. No, that's a lie. I do remember one day where I have like one memory with you in it. One memory with me? Yeah, in and it? It, I think it was towards the end of class, and I don't think it had anything to do with coding because we had we were doing something, and we ended up like taking a slow-mo video of it. I think it was like somebody chucking a paper ball into the trash can in the corner of the room or something. It was probably but something real dumb. That is that, the only memory I have of you in that class. I don't remember that, but I remember um, at the beginning of that class, this was this was my first impression of you. Very important things. <laughs> and at the beginning of that class, the teacher there, do you remember her name? Uh, I think it no, was No, like I don't remember her name because that's not what she was supposed to be teaching. That like is She true. just kind of got pulled in. I think she was like a... Like a, a foreign language teacher or something. Yeah, English or foreign language, something like that. Mm. Um, but she made us put together a presentation, like a PowerPoint. <gasps> oh, I know where this is going. You know where this is going. Yeah. yeah. Yes, you made us put together a PowerPoint to introduce ourselves to the class. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I still I still don't understand why you did this, but you I put... did it because at the at the time. I liked to end my presentations with something funny. With silly Usually things. Usually it was some kind of meme I could find. Okay, whatever. It still didn't, even for like middle school standards, it was kind of cringe. Oh um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I was not the most popular you or... The most, you weren't the most proud of your work no, there. No, I mean, I, I was very much a an awkward kid that did not belong in the spotlight. Yeah. Well, we've been around it enough. Let, let me tell you what he did. Um, he, on the end of his slide, his final slide, he had to say something to the class, I think. And he wrote, all I have to say is carrots. And he just put a picture of carrots. And that's how he ended his slide. Hey, as far as I'm concerned, that is peak humor. Like, I know plenty of people that would laugh at that today. Because... It's because it's one of those. Bad. It's like the the meme of the bread piece of slice of bread falling over. It's literally so dumb that it ends up being funny. Was it funny? Not really, but it was funny enough. And I think the other reason I did it is because I didn't actually know how to end presentations, and you know I just I would... kind of freaked out. And I was like, "Funny meme, haha." You know Bye. what I used to do to end presentations? This is a kind of what? a sidetrack. I was one of those that put uh, "That's all, folks" at the end of my presentations. <laughs> that's all, folks. Yeah, I would find just the the image of that and just stick it on the end to end my my presentations. Oh, you didn't even find a, a GIF of it or anything? No, it's just a picture. I think. Boo. Uh, yeah, that was it's kind of bad. I've stopped doing that. Not that I make presentations anymore, but I stopped doing that eventually. I don't know when, but yeah, that was. That was quite a first impression of you. And you know you know the funniest part of that is that I think you lost points because of that. Like it was I think graded. I did, yeah. It was graded and you like didn't meet a word count or something, or something went wrong, so you actually lost points because you said carrots at the end of your slide. Did I lose points because it said what because of the last slide, or was it just like salt in the wound? 
It was because of the last slide. I remember it specifically. I think, oh, I think it was because it was supposed to be in like a certain format. It was like, uh, it was like a anything else that we should know about you or like a fun fact. Yeah, and you and did. You just said I'm carrots. Notoriously terrible at fun facts about myself, so I just said carrots because, you know, fun fact: I'm a jokester. <laughs> you know, like, she, she probably would have given you the points if you said I like carrots, but the fact that you just said carrots and that's it was the, the part that it got you. It wouldn't have been funny. The punchline would have lost its value if I had done that. And I, to be honest, I really didn't like carrots that much. I just thought it was funny. I'd have to disagree with that statement right there. What? It was not funny. It was, it was oh. not funny. I thought you were about to disagree with the fact that I didn't like carrots. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I don't like carrots. No, I disagree that it was funny in any way. It was not funny. It was like very awkward and weird for a kid who knows that he's awkward <laughs> and weird to put that on there and, and like <sighs> think it's funny. But it was just awkward and weird. So there, that's my first impression of you that I remember specifically because it was very awkward and weird. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't remember what my first impression of you was. It must have been in that class because that's when we met. Yeah. I mean, I think my first impression was just that you were because you were a quiet kid. You didn't you we didn't really have any friends at that point. No, like friends built up. Yeah, we were fresh. um, And definitely not in that class. Yeah. Um, So I, I think my first impression of you was just that you were more of a quiet kid and you know you were nice and everything you know because when i helped you with assignments and whatnot you were one of the more intelligent people that would actually have figured some of it out and just needed a little bit of help to you know problem solve it but um i'm glad i'm in the top 50 percent of our sixth grade computers class top, at least top five percent oh, top five percent i mean most of those kids again did not care didn't do the work they just kind of yeah. Yeah. But it is what it is. The next class I think we had was the following semester was Spanish class. Was and if, if Spanish I'm, one yeah. beginning. Beginning Spanish one. Uh, and if I'm if I remember right, you also don't remember me being in this class either. Nope. I I This have, is Chase's famous memory at I work have, here. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah, I'm sure that'll come up plenty of times, but I have very little memory of that far back in my life. Any anything that far back. I mean, the the active recall of anything middle school, anything sixth grade specifically. It is pretty far pretty far back. I remember a couple teachers, mostly because they didn't like me. And <laughs> the other the others because I didn't like them. And that's pretty much it. I don't remember much else. And one more that we liked very much, which we'll talk about in a second. But that that um, Spanish class was interesting. Um, it's it's strange that you don't remember me in that class because we like we did a project together in that class, a fairly extended project. Like it took up a good chunk of our time. It was about um, Panama, and. I don't remember much more about it, but more than it was just about Panama. We had, like everyone had to pick a Central American country, or maybe it was like a, a Spanish speaking country or something like that. We picked. I think Panama. it was a Spanish speaking country. Okay, so it was like Central and South America, pretty much. Plus Spain, yeah. Plus Spain, yeah. <laughs> that was the map we had to choose from, and we picked Panama for whatever reason. Panama is the coolest, I guess. And it was, you know, talk about the canal. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly why we picked it, because it's like there's the canal, and that's about all that's interesting about Panama. I just think something is super cool about Panama. Something about it is just screams, yeah, this is cool. Do a project over it. Yeah, let's do that one. Yeah. So, whatever, we did that, and it was whatever. I don't remember anything from that class anyways. I just remember a couple words that I learned from that class, and that we had to pick... Spanish names out of a textbook for that class. Like there was a list of like 32 Spanish names and we each had to then relabel ourselves as another name to refer to each other, or at least she would refer to us as, which I thought that was kind of weird, but I ended up just going with the Spanish form of my middle name. So which is 
uh, just Alexander to Alejandro. Yeah. Was I mean, do you even remember your Spanish name? Yes, I do remember my Spanish name. My Spanish name was Victor. Victor. Victor, yeah. It was simple enough. Victor y Alejandro. Yeah. It was really weird that we had to pick a new name for that class. That was like, that was the weird, weird thing. I don't know if that's standard across Spanish classes. No, I mean, I took a Spanish class last semester and we didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, that that's college though. Maybe high school, middle school is similar. Maybe that's <laughs> I have no standard. Clue. I don't know. We didn't take any other Spanish classes, um, mostly because we didn't need them. We had other things we wanted to do. Um, but yeah, that, that was very strange. I remember... We used to be able to sing our ABCs in Spanish. Do you remember I that? I still can. I can't. I, I like every now and then I'll remind myself that we used to do that and I'll try it. Although I realized recently it took me until I took Spanish again that every time I did it, I'd forget H. <laughs> like I would sing the alphabet, but every time I'd be like, wait a minute, I've forgotten the letter. Isn't it Jota? Ache. Ache. Jota was... What's Jota? Uh, J. Okay. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N. I think I forgot a couple, but anyways. You can do it, right? Huh? Yeah. Um, If I thought about it for a second, yeah, probably. No thinking. Listen, I can sing my ABCs backwards while conducting better than I can sing them in Spanish. So I believe it. And that takes us into our actual friendship which really started in band <laughs> which didn't actually like we didn't meet each other in band until seventh grade because sixth grade band we were separated into brass and woodwinds i was a clarinet for the first semester and a saxophone the second and then you just stuck with trombone the whole time yes but i didn't plan to that's an interesting story did you do you know what instrument i actually wanted to do uh, you wanted to be a French horn, right? No. No? No. Trombone was just a filler um, until I could switch to percussion. I wanted to be a percussionist. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But then I was like... Um, I chickened out. I didn't want to do percussion. Yeah. Well, I, I thought about it. I played for the first semester, and I was, like, uh, pretty good at it for a sixth grader, you know? And um, And the more I thought about percussion, I was like... Man, I don't think I can actually do that. Like, that's more complicated than I thought it was. Yeah, and then, you know, later in high school, you're like, man, I'm glad I didn't yeah, do percussion. really glad I didn't just do percussion. Just standing in the back of the room counting 80 measures of rest just to get cut off. Sometimes do nothing. No, thanks. For those of you who do not know band very well, it is it is not uncommon for percussionists to set everything up for rehearsal and not play once the entire rehearsal and have to put it all up. So it, it's just like long story short, percussion is not always a fun time. Yeah. At least in wind band. Seventh grade is when we actually got to audition into the higher level bands where the full ensemble was put together. Yeah. And we both made advanced band. At our middle school, there was an advanced band and an intermediate band. And then beginning band, which was only sixth graders. And then as seventh graders, we were able to audition into the top band, which we both did. And quite a few other kids our age. Yeah, did I mean, as well. it wasn't very uncommon to yeah. get into the advanced band. Our band was fairly small when we were there. It got bigger as it, it did get bigger time as, went on. Yeah. But it was fairly small. And so if I remember right, that our seventh grade year, it was pretty close to half and half seventh graders and eighth graders. Mm. Um, not exact. I think more eighth graders, but there was a good amount of seventh graders. I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering right, we had three saxophones. There were two altos and a tenor. Three total? Three total. Uh, the... Other alto and the tenor were eighth graders, and I was the only seventh grade saxophone player. Which later that year, I ended up, I think in the second semester for the spring concert, 
I ended up going is down that when you, to, is that when you Barry to Barry Sachs. Okay. Yeah. So it was Alto Tenor Barry. Yeah. To help with the small low brass section that we had. Yeah, that was a fun memory. Uh, playing Barry in middle playing school. Playing Barry. And then the like one of the first days I had learned the part, which it wasn't a hard part. No, it's a Barry tuba part. Is like, not at all different from Alto. Um, but you know, I had just gotten used to it. It's probably like I think a couple days in, a weekend to playing Barry and was playing the low part and our band director was yelling at some of the low brass saying, this guy just learned a new instrument and he can play it better than you guys can. And you've been playing your own instruments for like three years now. That was, that's a fun memory that I have from playing memory, from playing Barry. But, uh, yeah, the band in middle school was pretty fun for us because we got to do things. Yeah. Yeah, we had to do things like um, all district stuff was really fun because um, we would, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, um, all districts is, um, it was in middle school, was it at Union or was it? Yeah. Yes, it was. So we would go to Union um, and audition um, to be in the all, all district band um, that was um, comprised of theoretically the top members of the entire district, the entire like northeast or northeastern part of Oklahoma, which includes all of the Tulsa area, um, all of those schools and like Bartlesville and Collinsville, I think, and a few others. Um, And so those were those were always really fun because we got to go spend a day doing that audition, play our instruments and then um, hopefully make it. And we both made it um, both years, our seventh and eighth grade year. And um, then we get to go to the actual all districts clinic, um, which was really fun. It's like a long day of rehearsing with um, the top uh, musicians in the district at your level. And so you, you get to play more challenging music than you would normally do in your band. And those were, those were always fun concerts to do uh, with good music, great um, conductors, and ed- music educators all around. It was especially fun for us because it wasn't a very large group from going from Sequoia Middle School to these these auditions and to these camps. We got to take the minibus. Yeah, there's a there's a tiny little um, Broken Arrow uh, branded bus that our band director actually drove. He drove like all seven of us in that tiny little bus. <laughs> Um, to Chick-fil-A uh, it was like first. 13. It was 13? Something like that. It was, a, it was not a lot. No. Um, but he would take us to like Chick-fil-A in the morning uh, before we went there, and then we'd go grab lunch with him during the lunch break, and then we'd have the concert that night. Or was it a two-day thing? Um, I think it was two days, It was actually. two days, yeah. Okay. It was Friday evening and then all day Saturday. That's right. Yeah, that's right. We'd have a rehearsal Friday more or Friday evening, then we'd go back home, and then meet up at Union that Saturday morning, go eat lunch, rehearse, do a few more warm ups, go eat dinner, and then perform. I think. Yeah, something like that. And those were really fun. Those were always um, fun days. I look forward to because it was usually most of my friends would be going to that event. Mm. Um, and, and you got to meet kids from other schools. There weren't many things that you got to do that with. Yeah, that was cool too. get to meet kids from other schools outside the district, but also other kids from the other middle schools that you would eventually be going to school with in high school. Yeah, that's where I met a lot of my high school friends. Yeah, for the first time, for the anyways. first time is at these all district yeah. camps. So those were always fond memories that I have of middle school. And also, um, you want to talk about, like, the outdoor concerts that we would do? That was probably my favorite part of middle school band was, at least for seventh grade, and I think eighth grade, too, the spring concerts, we would get to play, like, these mashups of pop songs. So I think... Seventh grade was like Uptown Funk. There was some Coldplay. There was 
I'm, I'm not uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Probably. I think we did um, some Star Wars. Some Star Wars. Yeah. And it was just like a bunch of movie, like fun songs. songs to play, or at least fun to a bunch of seventh and eighth graders. Just a bunch of fun songs that we could play. And uh, some of them actually did sound really good. Yeah. Um, and my favorite is still by far the Coldplay. Oh, you like the Coldplay piece. one? Oh, yeah. I remember um, we did... Uh, try everything from Zootopia. I hated that year. song. You hated that one. I just because of the rehearsing, and my part was so incredibly boring and repetitive. That'll be a theme that you hear throughout this podcast. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the fun thing about these concerts was um, at the back of our middle school, there was this sort of big patio area um, with steps and everything. Um, that we could set uh, the entire band up on, and then everyone um, could pull up to the parking lot and sit in their cars or bring, like, fold-out chairs. and um, Lots sit, of lawn chairs. Yeah, lawn chairs, sit out in the parking lot and listen to the band play outside. I don't think it ever rained. No, it didn't rain on us either time we did it. We did it both our 7th and 8th grade year. And so it those were... Really fun concerts. Sometimes, I think one time we had to like get a bunch of clothespins and clothespin our music to our stands because it was a little windy, you know? Yeah. Probably, we probably did that both times out of precaution, but it was, it was just a fun event, especially for that specific group, that, that specific band, uh, those specific years. Those were um, some of the best years I think the program at Sequoia at least have ever seen. Uh, we would go to competitions and uh, we would go to one big competition um, each year at Frontier City. It was like a invitational sort of thing that we went to. And both times we won a pretty big award. Um, do you remember what it was called? No, I just remember I got to hold the trophy and I was super excited. Yeah, you got to hold the trophy. I think it was best band of the day. Or something like that. I, I, it was something like best band of the contest or something for our, for our like division. Yeah. However, they however they broke it down in terms of size of school and age. We won our bracket of it uh, both times we went seventh and eighth grade year. Um, I only got to hold the trophy once. I think that was seventh grade. Yeah. Last year, our senior year of high school, we actually got to go back to Sequoia for um, a little bit, and we got we got to see those trophies again, which was pretty cool. They're pretty tall trophies, like probably three foot tall. Yeah, so they're they're pretty impressive trophies. Yeah, they're they're one of those big trophies that you always dream of getting for uh, whatever event you're part of. Probably the place where our friendship really started. Uh, was in our sixth grade math class. We had a math class with a teacher. Her name is Mrs. Pendergraf. Bless her heart. She was by far one of my favorite teachers I've ever had. She was really great. Um, so that class was a pretty special class as well. Um, they had a program at our middle school where um, you could either take, you had three options for math, kind of. Um, you could take the on-level math course. You could take the, the honors math course or the pre-AP or whatever they called it, the next level up math course. And then uh, for a select few, for a special few students, you got to take two levels up or two years ahead math program um they've since stopped doing that have at they? broken arrow yeah they have because those kids would have significant gaps in their knowledge and struggle um the reason that we didn't have those problems is because miss pendergraft took the time to teach us the things that we needed to in a quick enough manner so that we didn't have those gaps and we didn't fall behind Thank you, Mrs. Pendergraft. Yeah, for many, <laughs> many, many things, but that um, is one of them. Thank you for making sure that we were adequately prepared to tackle anything that we needed to, honestly. This, this class, this special class that we got to be a part of was like 
14 people. Oh, less than that. I think it was like you could count the number of people on your two hands. I think it grew slowly as the years went on. That's the other thing about this class is that um, we moved up together through the classes and each of the years in middle school, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, we got Miss Pendergraft each year. So she was our math teacher for three years straight in middle school. She actually chose to move up with us. Like she, she was mostly, I think, pre-algebra and seventh grade math teacher, but she actually left those courses and specifically requested to be moved up into the higher levels of teaching math so that she could teach our class specifically because she ended up liking us so much. Yeah, it was, it was a really, it was a really great class of kids. Um, a really fun class to be in, um, a great teacher to go along with it. Um, like she, she was so good at explaining these math concepts to kids in a, a very engaging way. And she was really great at making sure that each individual person in the class got what they needed to succeed. Um, she was, she got very invested in your own personal success and did whatever she could in her power to make sure that you uh, succeeded in your own way. Some of my favorite middle school memories came from that class, more than just because she was a great teacher, because she was a fun teacher. She would come to class excited to teach us every day. Mm. One of my favorite memories of all of middle school, is, but specifically her class, I think it was eighth grade, we were in her class, and I remember it was February because she was reading a February haiku. And for whatever reason, I was already in a giggly mood, uh, as I often was in that class. Because but we were all such good friends with each other I, in that you class. You know, we were cracking jokes and, and yeah. having a good time. But she was reading this February haiku, and the only thing I can remember about it is the last line was wash your filthy hands and you know middle school me thought that was so funny <laughs> obviously it's not quite as funny without the rest of it but it was so funny that I ended up in a laughing fit on the ground you just, were rolling I was rolling around Literally and rolling. she you know she just casually mentions, just leave him be, and you know and he'll get over it <laughs> in a minute. Like, I'm sitting there rolling on the floor, dying, and she's just like, "Yeah, he's fine." <laughs> but I mean, we we had so many good laughs and and good memories in that class. We actually just recently had a reunion with with uh, that class at Hideaway, and that was really good to see all those people again. Yeah, that was a very special. Um, senior memory. You know, you do a lot of um, memory lane tracking your senior year. That was a very special, um, special little episode of memory lane for us. Mm. Um, getting to meet up with her, like, it shows you how much of an impact that she made on us. Um, that almost every single person in that small group was very excited to go and just uh, meet up with her and talk with her a little bit, because. Um, I think she had stopped teaching at that point. Um, she doesn't teach anymore, as far as I'm aware. No, I think it was... Was it the year after we left or the year after that? I think it was the year after that. So It wasn't year, immediately. Uh, two years after we left was the year that she retired. Yeah. And she had been teaching for a very long time. 20-plus years yeah, or something. very long time. And so she... I think she was about ready at that point. We were very blessed to have been able to uh, be taught by her. Yeah. She impacted our lives in uh, so many great ways, so many great memories uh, in that class. We learned so much. Like, um, the amount of learning that went on in that class was kind of crazy. Well, kind of. I learned. (laughs) There was a group of us that would... uh, blaze through the homework and then end up playing smash bros for the rest of the hour well yeah but we still learned yeah we would the thing is we were able to learn very quickly so we 
quickly absorb the information that she was giving us and then we're able to pretty quickly blaze through the work and then kind of just hang out the rest of the time, which she was cool with, which was um, great for us, mm-hmm. you know. And that class actually ended up becoming our friend group that lasted all throughout middle school, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. It kind of it kind of died away when we went to ninth grade to the separate freshman academy, not because of any particular reason other than that we kind of just all started going different ways. I mean, you go to a new school, you start doing uh, different things. Like uh, I know we we kind of felt we had a little bit of a fallout just because I was so busy with uh, doing pride and marching band and. Uh, you weren't, I don't know what you were doing all of high school while I was in pride. Not a whole lot, honestly. Uh, you know, we, we kind of, like, like you said, we kind of, uh, drifted apart for a little bit during that time. Um, we kind of started doing other things with other people a lot of times, um, had different people, you know, uh, the friend group started to split up a little bit into little pockets and, um, you we know, mostly stayed in touch though. What? We mostly stayed in touch. Yeah. We mostly stayed in touch. You know, a lot of us would sit together at lunch yeah. I think depending on what lunch you had first or second lunch. Yeah. There was first, second lunch at the freshman Academy. Um, but you know, different combinations of people in that class sometimes rubbed each other the wrong way. Um, at, at times. And so naturally, since we didn't have pretty much every class together, like we did in middle school, we kind of moved on to our, our own things, um, as you naturally do. And I was kind of pulled away at a little bit, um, with other people for a while doing other things. Um, we still had band together with, at the freshman Academy. We still mm-hmm. did that. Um, which kept our friendship going at a decent level. Um, you just, you got so busy doing pride. We couldn't hang out too much during pride season. Mm-hmm. Um, and my friend group exploded with, you know, 300 new people. Yeah. With uh, marching band and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That kind of did alienate me a tiny bit since you knew so many of these other people. Um, and I didn't really yeah, I actually know any came of them. into the freshman academy knowing a lot of people from the summer camp prior to that. Yeah. And I didn't really know a whole lot of people at that point. And so we were doing that and that cruised along steadily um, at a decent level until spring break of our freshman year when <laughs> a funny little thing called COVID happened and shut everything down. Um, for everyone. Ugh. Fun memories. Obviously, we don't need to uh, go Explain into detail COVID, about what happened COVID during is bad COVID. for school but... and friendships, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone knows what, what that one feels like. Yeah. And so that leads us along into the next school year. And so uh, COVID took out the rest of that freshman year for us. Um, We never really went back to school. Um, A lot of weird things happened, like we didn't take finals that year um, because everything was online. And uh, they they set out a really weird policy where we couldn't learn anything new online. Like they didn't (laughs) allow any of the teachers to teach any new material while we were uh, while we were quarantined. which was a, a really weird policy. It, it was like an emergency procedure to make sure that kids didn't fail their classes because of the harsh switch to distance learning. Yeah, I guess. It was still it was still weird. It's still weird, but you know, what do you do? It's COVID. Like right. you, we it was it, it was suck either way, you know. So we were kind of stuck in the situation of like Basically, we only had busy work until the end of the year, and then we kind of just ended. We didn't take finals or anything. So it was just kind of blah. You know, everyone was dealing with their own stuff with quarantine, of course, um, in 
you know, that that was that was what it was until the next year rolled around. Um, this would be our sophomore year of high school. Um, we came back to in-person, but, you know, of course, we had to do the masks. And there were still plenty of distance learning breaks with, you know, yeah. COVID spiking. We were whatnot. like half on, half off, like half in person, half online mm. uh, for a while. Um, an interesting, like a fun thing that I remember, not necessarily fun, but an interesting part of COVID at school was doing band during COVID. We were in the same band, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We were in SB1. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, we were both in SB1 that year, um, which is Symphonic Band 1. It's the second band at the uh, Brokenheart High School. Which is now just Symphonic Band. Yeah, they change the names of all the bands every year, but that it was the second band um, when we were there. Um, and uh, the band room is... Uh, luckily, like big enough to where everyone could sit six feet apart from everyone else and the fit in the band room. Band experience you've ever had. It's like um, instead of if, sitting in arcs, yeah, you're just sitting in a grid. You sit in a, a six, six by foot six by six grid. foot grid, and you try and fit like how big is a wind band? Like forty musicians, it, at least. At least forty kids. Forty to sixty, depending yeah, on the size in high school. Like, you fit like fifty kids in a room, but they're all six feet apart, sitting in their own isolated chair and a director at the front, which luckily our band room is big enough to do that, which is kind of insane to think about. Um, a lot of band programs got shut down because yeah. they didn't have the nicest and, facilities. Yeah, the facilities to do it, the infrastructure to mm -hmm. keep doing that. Our our band director told us about how they installed like ionizers into the AC vents to kill oh, airborne quarantine or airborne COVID. Oh, yeah. Which was interesting. Um, They'd go off like every hour between classes or something. They must still be there, probably probably deactivated. Maybe I don't know. That's mm -hmm. that was just a weird memory that I remember. I'm sure like, they're going off nightly as just a yeah, just a, a sanitary thing. Maybe disinfectant. But apparently, up in the AC in the band room, there was like ionizing machines that they had installed that killed all airborne particles as they passed through the AC to help prevent covid which was interesting um, and all the brass instruments got fancy new covers on their bells yeah we got little covers that we'd put on our bells saxophones almost did we didn't have enough for them though not that we actually needed them they were just cool yeah um <laughs> and i'm not convinced they really worked very well no to, but they look cool they did kind of look cool i didn't really put mine on because i didn't care shame for it. on you yeah whatever mr rule breaker over here yeah my band director is gonna kill me now that <laughs> now that she heard that I I didn't put the little thing on my bell. We also had to do a fun little spit break, like um, oh, the trash if, cans yeah. in the hallways. If you don't know brass instruments, um, if you play after you play for a little bit, there's we call it spit, but it's not spit. It's condensation inside the instrument. It's from, spit. It's not spit. It's spit. It's like ten percent spit and ninety percent just condensation. All right. And then you have to empty it with a water key or a, you call it a spit valve, which, you know, sounds gross. It's not spit, though. It's condensation. Mm -hmm. um, it does have a tiny bit of spit in it, so it's, like, unsanitary. It's spit. Um, well, <laughs> the thing is, if you see how much spit comes out of my spit valve, um, I would gross. be, like, dehydrated in five minutes because so much comes out of my spit valve. Anyways, so you have to empty that, like, uh, fairly frequently during a band rehearsal. And so since that is unsanitary with COVID, you had to, like, get up from your seat and walk outside of the band room to empty your spit into a big old trash can they had out there, which was fun. It's not that fun to do, but uh, it was just an interesting thing that we had to do with COVID. Pride you know, we, still does it. What? Pride still does it just because the sheer amount of horns that you have in there at one time when the brass is in the band room, they still empty it into the trash cans yeah. in the hallways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you don't know band, um, normally in a uh, without a COVID situation, uh, brass instruments just empty this bit valve on the carpet. Um, and that sounds really gross because it is really gross. So don't ever like put your hands on the carpet in a band room. Um, 
never eat off of it. No, like it's ever. it's so gross. Like people people who aren't band kids like really really cringe at the fact that we just like we just don't tell them. Yeah, that's they'll that's the just, thing. They'll never know. They'll never know. Like what what are the stains on the carpet? I don't know. Probably somebody spilled orange juice. Yeah. Nobody knows. Who knows? We know. It's spit <laughs> Uh so anyways, yeah, so that was quite an interesting um experience that entire sophomore year where we had to wear masks the whole time we did they they call it um synchronous and asynchronous learning which was in person and online learning half and half um that was a a fun experience i guess and so we we got through that and it was all in all still a pretty good year honestly with all of the covid limitations that happened it was still pretty good like we still got to do a lot of things that a lot of people didn't get to do. Still had a pride show. Still had a pride show, a tiny one, but still had one. So it was, you know, we can say it was all bad, but honestly, we had it fairly good, all, all things considered. So it was a normal school year with a couple tweaks. Yeah. And so that went by, and we go into our junior year of high school. Me and Chase both make it into the top band at Broken Arrow. And we also start playing in the jazz bands at Broken Arrow. Mm, you were in the jazz band. I was in the jazz year. band my sophomore year, which was really fun. And then yeah. you joined our I was not year. sure that I wanted to do it yet. So I stayed in the uh, extracurricular jazz band for one more year. Yeah. But junior year, I joined. Jazz one, the official jazz band. Yeah, the official jazz band of Broken Arrow. Mm. So we were back in full swing um, doing uh, Wind Ensemble, which was the top band program, and jazz band um, back-to-back. They were first and second hour. It's a lot of band. It is a lot of band. But I would say that year was when our friendship really started growing again uh-huh. since we were spending so much time with each other again um, in bands and doing other things too, you know, playing in, in wind ensemble and jazz band was really fun, of course. And we love, we love doing that. It's a great experience to be doing that at Broken Arrow. But one of our favorite things that we did starting our junior year is we played in the show choir band at Broken Arrow show choir is also a pretty big thing. Um, like, they go out and win competitions and do a lot of great stuff. It's getting almost as big as the band, the yeah. marching band. It's it's growing, and it's getting better and better and better every year. And it's, As far as show choir goes, it's probably equally as big as the marching band. Yeah, that's true. Thinking about it proportionally. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's pretty big there. And one of the really fun things is that... They take, um, they need a band. They have a live band that plays with them. And so uh, me and Chase both got the opportunity to play in that band, which um, was so much fun, so much fun to play in. Really cool considering that most most show choirs either play with a recorded backing track, just one that they play over the speakers, or they hire a bunch of professionals. They, they contract a bunch of people to come in and play for them. Uh, and our school was one of the few schools that actually took the band program and incorporated it into the choir program. The thing that is great about the Broken Arrow show choir program is that they have really great show designers as well as great show arrangers that make the show. They make a really great show first. And then they have an arranger that arranges really great horn parts for us to play in the show choir band, which uh, they call it the combo band at Broken Arrow. So playing in the combo band uh, is not only like just fun to play with a show choir, but they also write really great parts for us to play that really propel the show itself um, to Some the next level. Some of the most level. fun music I've played in my entire music career. Yeah. Some really really great memories of that because another great thing about being in the combo band is um, they take you to all the stuff for free. You don't have to pay to be in it. Um, you pay for food. You other pay, than f- that. pay for food while you're there. But like the, the show choir goes to like three or four competitions 
and then they go to a big competition that's like a big trip. They go to Los Angeles, Chicago, and New York usually. Those are the big ones that they go to. So every year they have a, a big old trip that they go on at, that the combo band gets to go on for free, which is really awesome. So we get, we get to do that. We get to play some really fun music. Um, some of my favorite memories of high school is going to those show choir competitions um, and uh, just playing our hearts out at those killer shows that they had us play. Like, it was, it was really fun. We would always, like, go and win the, the best band category that they have there, and the show choir would usually win, um, like, the entire thing, depending on which competition we go to. Um, they won a lot of yeah, them. They won a lot. They won a lot of awards. So the show choir was really top-notch, and having us, the combo band, with them really brought it to the next level. And it was, a, it was just a really great production to be a part of great music, great memories. We get to go to some high school in like Kansas or some high school in um, Arkansas and spend the whole day there playing these shows, hanging out with all of our friends and, you know, having a great time. Like long nights for sure, but great experiences. The thing with these competitions is that there's multiple show choirs at Broken Arrow. There's three of them. And we have to play for each of them. They each have their own show, which is like, you know, five or six um, big tunes that we'd have to learn. And so all three of these show choirs would be going to this competition and they'd each be playing at different times of the day. And then they would have um, the finals after all the show choirs went. And usually one or two of the show choirs from Broken Arrow would make it on the finals, which means we have usually four or five performances in that day, uh, which is a lot, but they're, they're really fun. You know, they're like, you know, 14 hour days from start to the end. Usually they're long days, but like just chock full of great memories and fun times the entire way. Some of my favorite memories of uh, being in the combo or as we lovingly call it, the Velociraptor Squad, uh, was we were actually in a hotel room with two of my friends, and we had taken... They had tennis balls for whatever reason, and we had taken the liner out of the ice bucket that they give you at hotels, and we had set it on one of the beds. I don't remember how we started playing this, but... Because, you know throw ball into bucket. That's, yeah. that's how. <laughs> it's like Ooga Booga Caveman Brain <laughs> yeah. said, play basketball with a tennis ball and a hotel ice bucket. And so for <laughs> hours, I probably we mean hours, know, three we mean straight hours, hours. For sure. Uh, we were just, you know, we would invent different ways to do it. At one point, you know, I think one of us was just chucking it at the other person and they'd have to try to catch it with the bucket. Uh, you know, I think we played a version of knockout, you know, whoever could make it, but some kind it, of it horse, was, it was fun. Cause like the, the tennis ball would not go in the bucket. It would bounce out. It would lip out. I was the rim King because every time I would throw it, it would get close, hit the rim and go out. Yep. Every time, every without time. Fail. And that was just in the hotel rooms on the big trips. One of my favorite combo memories is our senior year. Um, we went to this big old high school where there's a fourth floor. Um, we were situated on the third floor. That's where like our homerooms were. That's where they would store all of the show choir kids with all their costumes and stuff. But right on the floor above us, which we probably weren't supposed to go to. Oh, we definitely weren't supposed we to. We definitely weren't supposed to go to. But the thing is... I mean, this, we got busted. Did we get busted? Yes, and, because, or at least the chaperone came looking and we bolted. Okay, we so bolted out of there. We'll get to that in a second, but uh, the thing is, how do they expect us to not go up the stairs if the stairs are literally right next to our room? Well, like you can't expect that to not happen. They didn't even try to block off the stairs, so I'm not saying we should have gone, but what do you, what do they expect? Like, <laughs> so anyway, a bunch of high schoolers yeah. from 
20 plus schools with hours of free time on their hands. That's the other specifically BA kids who are notoriously curious. And so we go up to this fourth floor and we find this huge lecture hall. It's got to be it's like probably a medium-sized lecture hall. It was well, very far back. It wasn't as tall as it was yeah. deep. Yeah. It's like a like if you think of a college lecture hall, it's about a medium-sized one. Um, but it went very far deep, like you said. And um, we had like five hours of free time on our hands. And so we played a fun game called um, hide and seek in the dark with <laughs> with a with a ball that we would throw at each other to try and get each other out. It's like a silicone ball. <laughs> yeah, like a one of those, you know, dumb little balls that they give was you. Was it a ball? I thought it was like a it was a, no, it was a brain. It was a brain. It was a so foam brain. It was like a foam brain, but I don't know who where it came from, but and so we we played this like this game where we would turn all the lights out in this giant room and um the seeker would like, you know, normal hide-and-seek, but it's dark. And so um, you we would crawl around on the floor in between all of the chairs and the desks. And on the desks. On the desks, yeah. Like, uh, And the goal of the game was to be as silent as you could, and the seeker had to use their ears to try and find you. <laughs> I don't think we started with the brain, did we? I don't know. I think we started the thing is, just the game evolved over the five hours that we were in that room. <laughs> um, uh, but it started as hide and seek in the dark. Uh, and we did that for hours upon hours. It was so much fun. It was me and you and like three other people uh, that we there trusted. There were so many variations of the game. Whenever yeah. we'd get bored, we'd make a new one. Yeah, we'd make a new rule to play. It's like freeze tag and then yeah. hide and go seek and then and like you know you people make rules with like not going out. I think at one point I even like it was a little too easy to see at one point. So I I tried whenever I was seeking. I tried holding my phone full brightness up to my face and I couldn't see anything. So I actually did have to rely fully on ears. And you remember what I did to you? Yeah, you got like three. You got like within three feet in front of me, and I, I still as, couldn't see yeah, you. I got as close to you as I am right now, and scared you because you couldn't see scared me. Scared the crap out of me because I it couldn't so see like my own hand in front of my face. It was so funny, and you had given up. I I had taken so long to try to find one of you that you had just like popped up in front of me. Yep, it was awesome. It was a fun moment. Um, you know, as, as the hours went on, we got more and more ballsy with it. And so like, we would start like, you know, getting up on the tables and running across them and, uh, things like that to avoid the seeker. And Um, when getting out depends on the aim of the tagger chucking a foam brain at you, it's kind of easy to avoid. (laughs) Yeah. The funnest parts were though, like when, when like the seeker would walk right next to you in your aisle and you're sitting there under a desk trying to be as silent as you could and it was like I almost got stepped on yeah like so like so many things could have happened um we could have got stepped on because um, yeah, our our uh, we had concert black on as well that was what made it particularly hard is because our uniform for combo was concert black so yeah. in a dark room you couldn't see you us couldn't see anything so it was it was really fun to play and we played that for hours until um, the chaperone started looking for where we were and then we bolted <laughs> yep so fun story about this place is that we heard that the chaperone was on the prowl we we would say that like chaperone's on the prowl mm-hmm. he's looking for us um and so he would he he would be looking for us or we'd get word from other members of the combo that he was looking for kids trying to round us up. Um, and so we, we, we got out of that room. We actually like left the building on the outside to um, our, our plan was to go down to the first floor and exit the building so that we were on the outside of the building and then walk all the way around from the back, which is where we were to the front where all like the outdoor food trucks were. So we could like 
blend in, walk in, and pretend that we were there the whole time. You know, we were just getting food from the food truck. Yeah, we were just hanging out outside. What do you mean you didn't see us? You must have missed us. Yeah, in this giant crowd. You must have missed us in the big crowd out here and all the other band kids that are out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, we did that <laughs> and got back in, and we actually saw him there, I think, like mm. pretty quickly after we got back in integrated into the safe area that we were supposed to be in we saw him and we were like yeah we were here the whole time yeah, yeah. asking us where the other people were and we didn't actually know because uh, we hadn't seen them in, in several five hours. hours because we were up playing hide and seek in the dark <laughs> um so that that was a, a fun trip we had a lot of fun doing that that was like some of some of the finest memories I would say of high school and just you know school in general are all tied to band for me really. You know, I don't think much many people are going to be like you know my favorite part was history class you know. No. Um, but um, the one C I had in high school. Yeah. We definitely have a lot of great memories from band. I definitely agree. Um, most of the memories that I have, and especially the best ones, came from my time in band. And, uh, you know, I'm. Uh, it's kind of... Most of my friends also came from band. I didn't really have any friends outside of that. Um, I enjoyed band so much in high school that, you know, I decided I wanted to keep doing it in college, at least for a little bit, to... Find find some new friends, get involved, and uh, just keep making music, which you know I I definitely enjoy doing, and you know we're still playing in the jazz band now, and and I don't know about you, but I'm I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, it's really fun to continue playing. I I like playing in the jazz bands. I like just playing my trombone. I'm back on Barry. Yeah, back I'm on Barry. Fun. And that's kind of been the journey of our friendship from band to band, uh, you know, band has kind of been the tying factor, the, the constant throughout our friendship through middle school, high school, and uh, even now in college. Yeah, all eight years. And now we live together and make a podcast together. And, uh, and are making a podcast together, which hopefully you guys are enjoying. Uh, we're going to try to make this a weekly Update depending on you know our availability and whatnot, but yeah, I think we'll every every Saturday is going to be what we shoot for. Yeah, we'll try. We'll see how it goes. Stay tuned for the next episode because we have some very special plans for the next one. Potentially even some new people. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you did enjoy this this uh, episode. Uh, Be sure to follow us on Spotify and uh, wherever you're listening to your podcasts on YouTube and or Apple Podcasts. We got it everywhere. You have no excuse to not listen to it. Exactly. So once again, thank you for tuning in and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Wait, it's time for the gag reel. Take a swig. <clears throat> Get off your phone. We're recording. You're taking a swig. I don't want to hear it. All right, clap sync. Ready? <laughs> I was waiting for you to nod this time. No. You're not going to get a nod. Uh, I'm never going to get a nod. Okay. Clap sync. An alarm. Seriously? What was that alarm for? Uh, the gathering, I think. Oh, that thing you were going to go to tonight that you're not going to. No, that's actually a different thing. Oh, a different thing. Okay. Chase's schedule is kind of confusing to me. I have no idea what he's doing at any time, Are really. putting this in the BTS? Well, this is definitely BTS. The alarm went off. <laughs> it ruins the, this little bit. Hello, BTS. We love you. Are you doing another after the episode? Yes. The gag reel is a staple of college yes, conversation. Yes, but I think you should wait and do a blooper episode if you want to do that. No, I'm doing it my way. Okay.
This is my little thing that I get to do. The show that they have is a very good show, first of all, and that... Oh, crap. <laughs> my battery's dying. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Gonna lose the recording. Gotta find a cord now. Yeah, I gotta find a cord. Alright, the computer's plugged back in. That would've been really bad. Yeah. <laughs> that so would not have been Where's the good. rest of the recording? I don't know. Why is half the podcast gone? You have to just redo the podcast from my my recording. You can only hear your voice through my mic. That'd be awful. Only hearing your voice the entire time? That'd be great. No, that, that would just... I don't know what I would do, Put man. Put you right to sleep. No, I would be awake <laughs> all night. It would keep me up all night. I am night. the voice of your nightmares. Yep, 100%. I am what keeps Jake up at night. <laughs> It's all you now. Yeah. You started it. Oh boy, it's late, guys. <laughs> no, don't hit it like that. It's a little late. <laughs> Sun's I'm getting tired. real low, big guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long day. Cool. Perfect. Wait, wait, wait. What? Oh, what are you doing? Clap sync. Come on, you gotta do the clap sync. Here, I'll give you a nod. Give me a nod, okay. Do it your nod. Yeah. A little preemptive nod for me. <laughs> Yay. Clap sync. <laughs>